Before we begin, I wanted to give a huge shout out to Amazon Music for partnering with me on this episode of Chasing Creativity, but more on this later. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Chasing Creativity. This is Kiran Mandral and today we have with us Swara Patel who is a dear friend and she's done something really unusual with her life course. Swara has done her MBA and then she's moved completely to dance. She's a dance educator now, a dance therapist and also an entrepreneur amongst the various hats she wears. She's the director of Rhythmist Happy Feet Dance Academy. Welcome to Chasing Creativity, Swara. Thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. <laughs> I'm so glad to be on this podcast. I'm glad you're here, Swara, because, you know, it's so important to know about people who have done the tried and trusted. Uh, they've gone and done the MBA. They were supposed to be on the track to the corporate world. And suddenly something creative, the arts beckons them. So how did that shift come about for you? Um, so I reached a point in life where, you know, I would see a dance performance and I'll have goosebumps. And there were tears in my eyes and I kept feeling this is what I'm supposed to do or this is what I'm meant to do. And it was a clear uh, understanding this was my calling. Mm -hmm. But uh, and then I started, so I started training after the birth of my second child. Okay. I had no previous training before that. Really? Yeah. So my first ever dance class was when I was 28 and a half. And they say you can't learn dance late. Exactly, exactly. So it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. <laughs> so I do have another friend of mine, Anuja Chandramoli, who's also a writer. And uh, she has two children. And she's also started learning Bharatanatyam. And now she's performing at a later age. And we know of Protima Bedi, who was a dancer and then went and learned Odissi, I think pretty late in life yeah, after yeah. she had the children. So I think you and the, the others also defy that stereotype. But as a child, Swara, when you were growing up, did dance play any part in your life apart from, you know, watching it as a spectator? Were you a good dancer at family functions? Did that happen to you? So I would close the door. Bathroom singers, I yeah. would close the door and dance. You're a non-bathroom bathroom room dancer. <laughs> I don't know. Closed room dancer. Closed room dancer. So that was my hobby all of the time while growing up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would even gather a friend and we would, you know, sit on the music and dance. That's it. I would not say I was a great dancer or uh, always noticed, but definitely a little better dancer. Okay. Uh, and I grew up with lots of love for dance. But sometimes, uh, you know, as they say, you find your calling when you have to, right? Mm -hmm. So I was not a great student. Oh, yeah? okay. And growing up, uh, those times, the awareness of... Um, you know, you can study comes the f is is the first thing, right? If you can't study, you can't do anything because you cope up with this first. Then you then will think of dance. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the way we were brought up. I was brought up that way, so I never reached dancing because I could never finish studying. <laughs> <laughs> so once you finished studying, you decided to take up dance. Yeah. And you know, my my family, my grandfather was a PhD. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they're all engineers and all those. So, so very academically inclined. Very academically inclined. Mm -hmm. Very academically inclined. So I was like, so maybe they didn't even realize that I would close the door. And if I, every time, like today, if my daughter would do that, we would notice, oh, she loves it. Let's try that. Yeah. Mm. But I think it was different those times, right? Yeah. It was just study, study, study. Study, study, study. Yeah. So when you decided you'd done your MBA, you were in fast track in the corporate world, you had your babies and you decided... I am going to focus on dance. 
what was the moment was there an incident or an, something that happened that set you on this path i'm sure there must have been some triggering moment that led to this so to be very frank um, i am a typical i gujru girl who did studies not to be in corporate but just to study yeah, okay. i would not lie about that okay so i never entered the corporate world but i okay. had a good degree i had i come from a family which is full of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. yeah, so every vacation i used to be in my dad's office okay so those were the exposure i got with working or something but then uh, as i said i reached to, as a, you know i kept i would say the turning point would be when i was doing my mba i participated in dance in that school and that got me lot of accolades first time i felt that and then i kept feeling that this is what i need to do because you know what happens is i'll tell you how much ever good you are at dance yeah once you grow up and you're in college people are professional mm. so even if i would go for audition in college i would not get chosen because mm-hmm. i was not trained yeah so i was in mithibai i went for multiple audition uh, but it would not go i would not go through because you need training and these you know how people are nowadays in college they are like pro right from the college absolutely <laughs> especially in feel like dancing where it involves young talent mm. like i told you when i started dancing at age 29 i walked in the classroom they were all 16 7 years stretching and putting the leg up and i don't know what they were doing <laughs> it was the first class first month was quite intimidating mm-hmm. being with 14 15 year old you know and trying to be <laughs> fit in that class but i'm sure because you came in with more life experience with more i would say passion towards it because right you had done what you had to do and you've come to it determined to make this your calling so i'm sure there was a point where you realized that okay they may be young they may have this flexibility they may have all that but i bring more to the table than they do did that ever happen to yeah, you yeah that happened uh, after a year and a half training not initially initially i was just trying to fit in and get things i think it didn't uh, i could not really find my differentiator then mm-hmm. yeah uh, but after i got out of the training and i started building my own dance academy or figured out what should i do with dance now yeah being a mom of two little kids sangeet and going odd hours was not mm-hmm. something that i really wanted to do i wanted to be in routine again performing being on stage you they all 17 18 years of doing it mm. yeah so then i was like what would i be able to do uh, really well in dance and exactly what you said i found my differentiator i i when i started looking for dance classes for my children okay i really could not find one good one when i say not a good one means what i mean by this is lot of even big names know what to teach yeah but when it comes to how to teach especially with children it it's a different study by itself mm-hmm. yeah so right now i realized even the big companies are filled with what and there's less of how mm-hmm. yeah uh, because when you teach children it's how is very important than just the steps okay so that's a gap i filled big time that's the reason we are in so many schools now and we say we specialize in teaching children dance that's what we call ourselves academy okay yeah and so now when you're choreographing and when you're planning your dance pieces do you find yourself gravitating more to one style or the other or do you prefer to do a blend how does it happen for you it depends on the music depends on the song depends on um, what are we trying to achieve through the piece i choose a form it's not the form over what we're trying to convey mm-hmm. it's what you're trying to convey then the form okay so which whatever goes well 
okay what would you know when you do a performance and it requires certain um delivery of an emotion or a story depending mm. on that okay if someone wants to become a dancer at this point and uh, i i wouldn't uh, maybe say a young girl or a young woman what are the things you would like them to know before they take this up professionally yes not as a hobby not as a yeah, yeah. but taking it up professionally what is it that they must be prepared for so all the unconventional career or i would say the art career okay where it's dance music even sports they start very early hmm. so you have to be with a company or doing something with it by the time you're 18 19 okay you know like my older daughter she's doing her computer engineering so her after 12th is when she starts choosing a field mm-hmm. yeah and then you become what you want to become for all careers like dance or something the training has starts very early so if you miss the right time even if you start training 10 11 12 the peak for training is between i would say 13 to 18 13 to 18 is the peak so don't miss that peak the body's birth growth spurt happens yeah, at that point so, yes because there's something you can do at certain window 18 and then you have to be performing and into the company so if you are very sure i would like to uh, say something to the parents who are you know who see this in their children uh, a spark for such careers you know wo log kya bolte hai ki they would say that uh, give your 10th give your 12th give and then you do this they have missed that peak as a parent of somebody who was a state level swimmer okay <laughs> I know I did the same thing that you know it's 10th now and you have to focus on Can't your 10th yeah. and of course he was only too happy not have to get up at 4 o'clock every day <laughs> so <laughs> that worked out that way but I get what you're saying you know 13 to 18 is the peak, peak when the hormones hit when the body is growing and when you you learn that muscle memory yeah, of yeah, yeah. moving for somebody who wants to get into dance late like you did mm-hmm. maybe after they have sort of gone through their mid 20s they've had babies the body has changed yeah 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 nobody i mean we don't talk about it enough as to how much the female body changes yeah. as with childbirth and what it takes away from you what would you what advice would you give these women so i would say that i'm a biggest example of starting late and still doing pretty well in a career which is meant for young people so just start just start so don't think a lot uh, you know they don't start and they really want to do it but they don't end up doing just start and um, start training at least for 2 years you'll find your way swara tell me about how you learn to teach dance because it's not something that uh, you can perform you can be a dancer but teaching children is something that is as you said it's a science it's an, right. it's not just an art So what was your process like did you have to qualify for it did you have to learn what did you go through Yeah you know the amazing thing about today is if you want to learn it's all available for free Uh-huh like Google okay reading so the knowledge is available so much it's all out there mm-hmm. Yeah so if you to be very frank there is nobody who is teaching how to teach dance Okay yeah So I started looking um for books and i found immense research done in west hmm. so i called for all those books and then i started seeing those books teaching pedagogy and many more things 
I got uh, CDs those days, Steph CDs of how a class is conducted, and I started doing my own research, and I realized, oh my God, there is so much, so much research and things done. Movement and child development are like two sides of coin. Hmm. You know, you the brain development in your first five years of life is happening a lot because of the move you make. Yeah, mm-hmm. the movement which a child does. So then I realized, and uh, then I did dance therapy, where um, again the teaching and psychology and everything came into picture. And I would say, as I said, that if, nowadays if you want to learn, it's everything there. Okay, so you can you, educate yourself. So you're abs- an autodidact. Absolutely. In fact, you won't believe I'm through my um, interest in teaching. I now today train academic teachers on how to teach. Mm-hmm. So I, when I was in Orchid School, I headed uh, performing arts division, and there were around thirty-five schools under me. Okay. So I went in for a role as a performing arts head in the in the central team, and for the first year, I took teacher training across two thousand teachers for all academic teachers. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. So uh, I've realized, and the experience, obviously, not mm-hmm. just. and then an hands on experience of being there and doing things and figuring out what worked and now if you ask me what is about teaching um it's about knowing a child okay that's i tell my teacher you know they say kyc and like know your child yeah <laughs> it starts with there <laughs> that's what it starts the more interest you take and figuring out how will my teaching reach and they are uh, my teaching is received well for that child not for the whole class mhm so one on one is the way to go know each individual's child's mental makeup and interests and how their body responds we have to know that yeah but in a large classroom isn't that rather difficult how does a teacher do that uh yeah it is a tough call but the child is with you for a year so it is not that difficult if you okay. really want to do it it's 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 possible so when i train my teacher i tell them that the first month it's a settling month first month is know your child month the studies can make take back seat whatever you teaching can the content can take back seat yeah so if you have to stop the class and help a child or understand a child or talk to them to know something stop the class if you keep your focus right you can know it in one month mm-hmm. and the whole year you know what to do mm-hmm. but you have to keep your focus right again um if i'm talking about dancing if you talk about schools if you talk about schools the child is there in the school for years and years and years and years mm. so it is very much possible yeah so much possible but the intention of knowing has to be there yeah but also i think with teachers changing every grade class teachers then that becomes a little difficult no so then then they have uh, they had so nowadays in schools you hand over the child's uh, notes just mm. like you know how mm-hmm. this child was like i forgot the name for it what is it called but there is a handover from one teacher to another teacher okay so a lot of time there's a whole um, they say when you hand over you are labeling a child and you already teach giving the next teacher a preconceived s- notion about what the child is about the child saying. is so i'm saying yes but you also giving if the teacher is right the hmm. teacher can take that information and do wonders okay so it depends on what how the teacher sees it it's such an important piece of information which needs to go mm-hmm. but then it's not about labeling or preconceived notion it's about what you do with it How much time do you give to Riyaz every day? I'm sure you must be having some sort of set routine for practice, your own practice. Yeah. So, uh, so right now I'm not completely training, but I take a Bollywood fitness class, and 
do teacher training with my uh, but when i used to train completely and i used to perform and all that was a time at least two 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 and a half hour a day of self work okay the body strength flexibility mm-hmm. of course the dance and technique okay and apart from that did you also have to do some fitness routines to keep yourself limber or was dance absolutely it? absolutely so when you really train as a dancer um it's really funny but in a dance class of one and a half hour one hour you'll be only exercising <laughs> where you're build strengthening you're working on your flexibility you're working on do agility much more and they'll make you dance for half an hour <laughs> that's how it is <laughs> because okay. that's a tool right when you sit down to choreograph pieces now you say it depends on the music you just mentioned and or it depends on various other things how do you sort of incorporate the strengths of your individual children within the piece you know because some children are good at certain things some are not right right and uh, how do you make sure that everybody gets something that they are comfortable performing with So the first thing is you have to create an age appropriate choreography because hmm. usually in a class hmm. um you cannot have a 4 year old and 10 year old or 10 year old and 16 year old until 15 there has to be a clear age bifurcation after 15 they can be together okay yeah. so first thing when you create that and then if you know how to set the choreography right for the level your hmm. job becomes very easy you'll be able to accommodate everybody just like a school Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the syllabus is set, keeping the average child in mind, and then when the child is really good, you push them and give them a little different move in the same choreography, mm-hmm. and you know give them a center or give them some different move, and help the child to level up. Okay. So it depends a lot on how you uh, structure your class mm-hmm. choreographies. You, you, I, I think uh, you can. Are you confused or? No, no, no. I'm clear on that. I'm just wondering in terms of okay. There are some kids who are natural dancers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they'll do beautifully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some who have two left feet. So bringing them all together in one piece and making sure one doesn't feel that I've been made a tree for the entire show. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so that's a challenge that I'm sure it is a challenge. Faced. It is a challenge in every field of teaching. It's called we call it differentiated learning. Okay. There's a word for it. Uh, it's called differentiated learning, where as you say, each child. you figure out what is required for them so that also requires change in choreography hmm. it requires that's in the same I, class yeah, it requires what. now you train children you also train adults in uh, fitness classes what is the one thing that you feel adults should learn from children when it comes to dance so i you know when the lot of them they decide to come to class they take at least 10 follow ups from my side to come to class really they really want to come they really want to join but they just you know it's uh, dancing is little uh, they find inhibited they feel little that so i i tell them start you want to do i meet people and swara you oh my god i want to start dancing i've always loved dancing i want to come to your class and i come <laughs> once they come you'll never go back but mm-hmm. come with kids they just come when they want to do it and you know with parents being so nowadays you see the talent the, the child will be in the class do do same with yourself huh. how you make sure when a child you when a child loves dancing you somehow find the place and put them there find a place for you and just come to class <laughs> okay start they adults take lot of time to start oh they hesitate i don't know why <laughs> that's a lovely lovely analogy that treat your 
self the same way you treat yeah. the child yeah what has swara want to do that she has not done yet in the space of dance so just giving a little bit um i as i said i could not study well and uh, I, you know you asked me about mba i have discovered myself completely through dance hmm. you know so what i am today is because of dance people who met me before i started dancing will not believe the swara i am today really so it's the self the journey of self discovery journey of my strength journey of oh my god i can do so much everything has started with dance okay for me i really want to take our dance curriculum to schools and i want to make dance available to every child and not just to children who are good at dancing mm-hmm. um because i genuinely feel dancing is for everybody and it's not about steps or it's not about a kriya or or a riyas or it's not about learning art form dance form is the joy of movement yeah it's a joy of movement and i you know if i ask if i may ask you a question you know when did human start dancing like what picture or what comes to your head um, around the fires in the caves i suppose absolutely yeah. that yeah we were so, telling stories then we were dancing then exactly. and singing exactly so i say we started dancing even before we started talking hmm. yeah and imagine uh, that hunter at the uh, no, i'm saying hunter i'm trying to say they used to hunt and they used to cook the food remember so a tiring after tiring long day of hunt end of the day again they are jumping <laughs> yeah well, there, there has to be something about it right yeah it was a stress reliever it got it's like a refresh button yeah mm-hmm. all the art form are like refresh button we are doing so much in life you need that refresh button okay yeah so i want so you know what i've seen is lot of children lot of and when we grow as an adult we itch to dance there's music playing yeah but you do people don't get up and like, oh, i want to dance but people don't get up mm-hmm. yeah because also of a conditioning since childhood and the way dance is taught to be step oriented mm-hmm. that when you don't get things you get very conscious yeah you only see dance as performance and you only see dance as to be able to do something well it's not seen as enjoyment yeah it's not just seen as source of joy fun mm-hmm. and it is not introduced that like that ever in school hmm so they would call me also in school now obi annual day has come hmm. this event is a come so if you see cultures like in africa dance their children their little children move with such grace yeah. because i think and even south america i think dance is a part of the culture everyday culture yeah, yeah. they just bring out their little drums and start dancing so uh, do we need to bring that sort of uh, everyday dance culture back into our lives absolutely i mean we i think traditionally we do have dances for yeah, folk yeah, dances yeah 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 we do that. have but uh, somehow it's gone it's, away it's gone away it's gone away and that's the reason we are resorting to other sort of joy which is not good for us we have all this drawing or painting or dancing and music these are like tools which are amazing to cope with such fast life <laughs> lovely and we think it's uh, taking away our time but you don't know it's giving you much more time than what you need <laughs> lovely I hope Swara that you manage to get this curriculum of uh, that you have in your mind out into schools. All the very best for all that you plan, Swara, and thanks so much for being part of the podcast. It's my pleasure. It was wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank. 
thank you for tuning into this episode of Chasing Creativity. I wanted to say thank you to Amazon Music once again for partnering with me on this episode of this podcast.